Hey friend, and welcome. This is Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am uber duper excited about you being equipped and anchored in Jesus Christ. That is what this podcast is about, us becoming courageously faithful to follow Jesus Christ and doing that well. I'm so excited for you to hop into this podcast as we, for the whole summer, are talking about the blessed life of the disciple. Let's go. Hey, friends, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany, and this is the second to the last of the Blessed series. So this is a normal podcast day. I've been doing Anchored Wives, praying through Psalm 119 with um, wives, and it's been wonderful. We're doing 31 days of that. And this is a normal podcast day. So this is the second to the last of the Blessed series. We've been doing this all summer talking through the different characteristics that Jesus has given for those who emulate him, those who follow him at the core faith level. And the importance of this, before I just jump into scripture, is these axioms, these philosophies that are truly pace setters for the life of the disciple are so imperative because Sometimes in our day-to-day, we get caught up in things that matter, but on the level of Christ, how much do they matter? I have to do this filter test very often, very regularly, because I have the tendency to feel, to fill and stuff my life with a lot of busy things a lot of tasky things. And even if you're not a task person, if you look over your life, what are you filling your life with? Even it could be great things, y'all. Like this can be great things of importance for our husbands, our children. So it's not a matter of they don't matter. But the level of what Christ wants us to be focusing on sometimes might vary from what we think we want to focus on. And I'll give you an example. I used to, this is before I really started to follow the Lord, decades ago. And I was in college and I knew the Lord, but I had my own plan. I had my own purpose in my mind and on paper. And I thought the most important thing was really to have a very successful career have so many degrees and just be the top. That was my ultimate purpose, if I can be honest with you. I mean, again, it was, I I sprinkled Jesus in there, but my main purpose was to be academically successful, to have, and, and honestly, I wasn't even money driven so much as I was, I wanted the affirmation of success. I wanted to feel like Brittany could take care of Brittany right? Because I have self-reliance issues. So I wanted to set myself up for what would make me successful. Never knowing that Jesus outlined the, the pathway of success. And it may or may not include a Harvard degree. It may or may not include having any letters behind your name, really. So I'm so grateful for these integrity, these internal faith, um, 
characteristics because it has nothing to do with what was on my former list. I don't know what was on yours, but it's just so, it just, again, just shows that, and I know that I just didn't know, but now that I do know, man, I, it has changed and shifted my life drastically. So that is the purpose of us talking about this and even how Jesus starts. And so these are found in Matthew, um, Matthew 5. So the Sermon on the Mount. So we're reading verse 9 today, but it, it just going back to verse 1. So Jesus was regularly talking teaching to even the crowd, but he went deeper with his disciples. And and there's even levels of the disciples. You think he had the three, um, the 12, you know, 70, etc. But so he's doing this intensive training with the disciples. Because verse one says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountains. And after he saw, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them saying, so he wanted to go on this deeper level of, hey, and again, he's always trying to prepare them for him leaving. They didn't know that. But the idea is you're going to need this to have this God level success. The God win may not be our win. And today's verse is really challenging because this isn't something that you can as I said it before, you can personally try to attain or put so much sweat on your brow to get. So verse nine, Matthew five, verse nine says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Peacemakers, where does peace come from? So peace is one of the nine fruits of the spirit. And we can't get that within our own effort. It's a gift. So, and furthermore, it's not a gift to anybody. It's a gift assuming you're a believer. So having the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, having repented and confessed and believed that Jesus is Lord, your is Lord and personal Savior. Holy Spirit now indwelling in you, you know, again, so it's this faith confession, um, and then all of the things that that then point us towards, including baptism, et cetera. But anyways, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he deposits these seeds and how we live determines how we're feeding the seeds. So, you know, we're either walking in the flesh or we're walking in the spirit. There's there's no gray. There's no in between. This is black or white. You're either feeding the things of your flesh or you're feeding the things of your spirit. Well, peace is one of the things that we feed in our spirit. So, but again, it has to start with being a gift given. So it has to be in you. But Jesus talks about in John 14, um, 27. I love the book of John. But, you know, even really verse one, um, he talks about not letting your hearts be troubled. But in verse 27, I love verse 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Jesus is like, it's okay. I got you. You know, have you ever had somebody tell you that? Like, I got you. You know, you're like, okay. You you feel like you can rest and or as Matthew 11 says um, Jesus says to just come to him and, and give him those heavy burdens and, and and do a swap and exchange 
for his yoke, which is easy and light. So how can you be a peacemaker as Jesus is teaching in, in this ninth verse? Well, you can't be a peacemaker if you don't have peace. So the first qualification step is, do you have the peace of God? Is Jesus, and, and to dial back even further, are, 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 you, is, are you saved? Do you believe in, in Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, that Jesus is the only way? And is the Holy Spirit truly living inside of you? Friends, I love to equip people for their secret time with the Lord. This is a question that the Holy Spirit already knows the answer to and can give to you. So this is coming to God, not with church attendance, not with all the Bible scriptures that you have memorized or that you go to Bible study, you know, a couple times a month. This, uh, this is a heart. This is a heart question. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? And so that's the very first step. So we can't even talk about being peacemaker, right? We can't even build this level of the bicep until we first do something else. So we're doing levels here. The very first level is, are you a believer? Is, you know, is the Holy Spirit inside of you to have given you the gift of peace? Okay. So since if that, if that's a yes and a yes, well, then the encouragement, which is also what I love to do on this podcast is, is not just to equip, but to encourage you and not by me. But by Jesus, Jesus is encouraging you, friend. And he's saying, I got you. My peace is in you. So anything that you're struggling with, anything that you think is just too unsurmountable, I am with you. I am in this valley. It's my peace that you can have in the storms of your life. So that would be the next level is, is this peace that you're trying to construct not even from God. So this is a big heart assessment. So the question I, I the only question I have is how is your peace today? And when you think about your peace in your quiet time with the Lord, um, whether you bring a notebook or you just, you know, verbalize it, I said make a list of some um, cup fillers versus cup drainers. Make a list of some cup fillers and cup drainers. What is it? So how is your peace? Truly. Not like, uh, like truly, how is your peace? And if it's like, you know what? I'm in a storm. You know what? Things really actually are very challenging right now, but I'm, but I actually have peace. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. That's happened to me so many times and it is nothing but the Lord where something makes absolutely zero sense to me. If you look at my life, but internally, it's like I have peace. I almost struggle to say the word air quote good because I'm not good if you look at my life, but I'm good because I have peace. I know my right standing with the Lord. And it's the same thing that that I'm sure if you look over your life, you're like, huh, the Lord really kept me and retained me in the middle of this very traumatic situation. Y'all, that is the peace of the Lord. But it is also very good to self-assess cup fillers versus cup drainers. What is it? And it doesn't have to be a flight to, you know, Aruba. This can be that hot cup of coffee. This can be that candle scent burning. This could be a long bath undisturbed. This can be music, whatever it is. This could just be time with a friend. Think about your love languages 
And, you know, mine is acts of service. What's, what's yours? Maybe yours is time. And you're like, if I could just have some time with my best friend. So what's a cup filler versus what is a cup drainer? And in love, think about this, you know, not not being um, <laughs> condemning to people, but there are some people, Lord bless, who are cup drainers. And we are to have the love of, of the Lord for them, but they really drain our cup. So this could be a person. This could be going to work. You know, I work 12-hour shifts. So listen, you need to know if your job is a cup trainer because you're there for 12 hours, right? So, it, or is it... um Doing the dishes versus, you know, I love to clean, but I personally don't really care to do laundry. So, I, again, you can figure this out. I really suggest you do that. Also, who, um, again, requires more cup fillers before interaction? So, if you're thinking of these cup fillers versus cup drainers, if there's a person who is a cup drainer, you need to be looking at your list of cup fillers before you interact with them or at, at, at and any and even and not even that minimal to start with, you need to have a whole conversation with Jesus to help you before you deal with that person. Um, I put here, you cannot make peace with others until you first have peace with God. So we can, there, there's not a vertical, um, just abstinence before you're trying to go horizontal. Our horizontal interaction with others requires a right standing vertical alignment with God. We've got to get that right first. And this is why we can't sidestep God and be like, oh, I'm just going to make this work. I'm just going to, you know, put my head down, put my big girl panties on and I'm going to make it work without God. It don't work. It works maybe for a month, two months, six weeks. Maybe you're so much of a hustler. You can do it for like a year. But something eventually is going to putter out. Something eventually is going to happen and you're not going to have it to, to, to manage. So this person, this interaction, this marriage, this child, this, this coworker, this boss, this neighbor, this situation, this, this cultural group who is afflicting me, I don't really, whatever level you need, the, the vertical rightness with God, your secret life with God is so imperative to how we can rightly deal with other people in a God-honoring way. Because we can deal with other people, but is God pleased? When you walk away from that, that conversation, when you walk away from, when you're done with that text message, I recently, um, last week actually, maybe week before, I had my husband um, read my text message because he knows me so well. And sarcasm tends to be a second language for myself. So I wanted him to read it and truly filter like, hey, what do you hear me say? Because I might, I have blind spots to my, we all have blind spots. So to know that, is this going to jostle peace? Now I cannot be responsible. You cannot be responsible for someone else's peace. You are responsible for your addition 
or subtraction of the situation. So being honest with yourself that, did I really need to say that? Or do I really need to say it like this? Maybe I have to say it, but maybe this isn't the day to say it. Maybe this isn't the situation to say it. So all these type of conversations are going back to what Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. So, you know, we're doing all of this extra. It looks extra. It is extra. But guess what? Why? It's because we want to emulate what Jesus said. We want to be those closer disciples, not the crowd. We want to be, we want to, we want to really sit the closest to the feet of Jesus and listen to what he's saying, get the breadcrumbs that he has dropping. So that is why we're putting in this extra work. Um, I said, be careful to rightly discern fabricated peace, self-constructed versus God piece. So you can, so it's a fabric. Is this fabricated piece or is this a God level piece? Fabricated is you, right? You set up these situations. You know, you have so many boundaries in your life with not dealing with anybody. That's fabricated peace. That's really not peace. That's avoidance. Or I, um, <laughs> I have a tendency to busy myself again with a lot of busy stuff. Know, know thyself really is so important. And I'll be like, I'm really good, but I'm really not good because I didn't even deal with the situation. I was just over here cleaning baseboards or organizing the pantry or the office. Not that I just did that, but you know, so what am I, what am I not doing? And then telling myself I'm at peace when I'm really not. I just left this mess over here in this whole other corner of this other room that I never go into. So peace I wrote peace with a storm is God's peace versus a home built on sand um, versus a rock is our peace. So remember Jesus and he was in this boat with the disciples. Remember that? And the storm came. The storm comes for us. The storm is, is imminent. I don't know if you're in a storm now, if it's coming, if you just got out of one, there is a storm. And Jesus was sleeping in the boat while his disciples were fretting and, and actually even kind of not angry with him, but like, dude, you sleep? Do you not see that we're about to die? Like help save us. So this God level peace and Jesus ended up quieting the storm. And I love that because it's like he didn't, he didn't respond in the way that they responded. So in of that, in that alone was an example of how we don't deal with the storm, that we do turn to him and that we model him. Because that's exactly why we're learning these, these different axioms and integrities to really see how we can look the most like Christ. And then it's not just to get a trophy about that. It is how do we live like this? How do we apply this to our lives? So having peace in the storm like Jesus, being able to sleep being able to be at the center of the storm, but yet not, not look like you are to the world. Um, so do believe the best of others is, is a way to establish being a peacemaker. Um, but avoidance is not being a peacemaker. That's what I just said. Avoiding. I, I do not like conflict. So be honest with yourself. I personally do not like conflict. You know, if you are a conflict lover, well, you need to have another self-conversation with the Lord in your secret time. But for my conflict avoiders, friend, that's me, 
why are you avoiding the conflict? Right. So the again, this might be a fabrication of peace, not real peace. Um, and that believing the best, that, that's really, really hard, especially if you have a whole bunch of information. So believing the best isn't necessarily that, that someone didn't do anything. It's believing the best of them. It's looking at them as how God looks at them. Let me actually not even put them how God looks at you. How does God, how do you want God to look at you? How does he look at you in the middle of your foolishness, whether it was intentional or not? How does God look at you in your mess? You would want him to believe the best, right? Um, knowing your limits. Again, know your know yourself. Know your limits. I know that I cannot uh, have this conversation with Susie when I have been up for 20 hours, right? Or I am just, I have a lot going on. It just, it's too much of a cup drainer. So don't set yourself up or that person for a failure. Know yourself, know your limits. God has given us all limits. The limits were established in, in the beginning in the garden. God was like, you need from every other tree except for this one. So we have limits. He doesn't. So we really kind of leech on to him and ask him for clarity. And, and we're honest with ourselves. We get us out the way. Last two things is relying in the Holy Spirit, um, which really kind of goes with with knowing your your limits. And and last encouragement is be careful that you don't that if you are a temperament person that is a high tolerance, you've got a high level of maybe a really quiet, very stoic of I don't know, maybe you have just grown up in such such chaos in your life or again, maybe you are just naturally a quiet person and it just looks like, oh, you're so peaceful. Be careful because I used to tell myself that lie because that's me. And and especially being an ICU nurse, you cannot come into this code, this person who needs resuscitation, flailing around like a fish out of water. You so so just in my life, in my temperament, but then also in what I do for a living, I have learned the ability to be in very high stress situations. But then unfortunately, that has I have to then be even more aware that just because I can look like I'm in peace, I'm really not in peace. So how do you cope? Because our false fabricated coping mechanisms might be internally compromising our peace. So friend, again, let's read this again. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God. Man, don't you want to be called the daughter of God? the son of God. I mean, how, to me, that is a God level goal that trumps everything else. So being this peacemaker, so it's not like, well, let me go ahead and just be this peaceful person for this person again. No, it is for your heart. It is to guard your heart. As Proverbs 4 talks about, we want to guard our hearts. And how do we do that? We do that by emulating Christ. So I really pray that this has been encouraging to you, that this equips you in your time, your secret time with the Lord. Because friend, in order to be courageous and anchored in the middle of our lives, in the middle of the storms, in in those situations that seem unbending, we must rely on the peace of God.